What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited you joined me today because today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited to have her here with us. Today we have Heather Johnson. Heather is the CEO of Ingenium, an and an expert in hazardous waste management with over 25 years of experience. Heather's innovative vision for sustainable waste management has positioned Ingenium as a industry leader in waste to energy programs and zero waste initiatives. We are excited to have her on the show and share her insights on industrial waste disposal and sustainability. Guys, this is going to be so fun and I'm so excited for you to meet her and to be able to glean some of her wisdom and her journey. Let's cue the intro. And we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Heather, thank you so much for being on the show today. It is a pleasure to have you here. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And well, you know, I I love to be able to dig in and hear about your journey and hear about the path that you took to get to doing what you're doing today. So let's start with that before we dig into some of the other uh, stuff that you have to share with us today. Okay, sure. I, um, well, believe it or not, I actually started my journey in college headed toward a degree in accounting. I thought I was going to be an accountant one day. I had a job <laughs> um, earlier in my college days where I, I worked for an accountant and I like numbers. I like money. It seemed like the right path to go down. Um, but nonetheless, while putting myself through college, I got a job uh, answering phones uh, for a company that does hazardous waste management. And um, during that time, while I was just answering phones, there were some opportunities to head up some projects um, within the company outside of the job that I filled. And so I did that. And um, from there, another opportunity presented itself and one after another ultimately led me to where I am today, 27 years later in hazardous waste. Uh, it's interesting because most people, when they ask me, how in the world did you get into hazardous waste? It's something people don't typically think about. And when I bring it up, it's it's kind of a you know conversation stopper for a minute and then, okay, tell me more. So I'm excited to be here today to share with your audience more about it because it's definitely something that's highly relevant but not often talked about. Absolutely. And one of the reasons that we decided to have you on the show is that we were not knowledgeable in this area and we didn't really know what to what we didn't know about it. And so I I we thought gosh, okay, this is this is something we need to to learn more about and share with our audience. So you've got to take us through it. What what is this about, and why why is it relevant for us right now? Okay, there's a lot bundled up in that question, but I'll start <laughs> by talking generally speaking for people that don't think about it. There's a lot of stuff that we use uh, both in our daily lives and in our businesses that is highly regulated and can't go into the trash. So. Um, it's, it's, it's got other requirements around it that 
impose on businesses, which is what we work with specifically, uh, restrictions on management of the material. And so um, there's special places to ship it. There's special ways to treat it. There's paperwork uh, required to track and manage it. There's a whole world surrounding hazardous waste. And there's so many things that are considered hazardous waste from things as basic as batteries. We use batteries in our everyday lives and so many things um, up to and including uh, solvents and paints and acids and, you know, bleach, things that are relatable to the general public. All of that stuff is is potentially or is considered toxic and can't just go down our drains necessarily into our landfills and has to be specially managed. So in Genium, uh, that's what we do. We work with businesses to help them identify things that they're working with that are considered hazardous, are regulated by EPA and other entities, and then help them manage it through to end disposal and make sure that we do everything properly for them. Wow. I, I can only imagine that there are more businesses out there that don't even realize that yes, there are sure. as many things as you started to mention that are a challenge. I can only imagine that there are some heavy fines when they don't realize it and get caught. Yes, absolutely. And then even including um, if they think they're doing things right, but they're working with a company that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, they could find themselves dealing with it downstream again if it's, you know, dropped off on the side of the road or put somewhere that it's discovered later with their name on it. So um, it's, it's really critical to understand what the regulations are and then know that the company you're working with knows what the regulations are. Of course, of course. And and what a process that of discovery that might, it sounds like that's a challenge, right? Because obviously they, these companies likely know that they should be doing something with, with these, the, with this hazardous waste that there's probably an inclination that they know, but they probably also are thinking, gosh, that's going to cost me so much money. Like I, I, so it's sort of the, the three-year-old in the corner going, well, if I can't see you, you can't see me. Right. <laughs> so, so how do you do that? How do you get in and, and how, how can you, how can we get these businesses to understand that there's probably a better way to, to take care of all this? Yeah. And to touch on, on a point you just made, I, I would think most people would understand that they're working with toxic stuff and there's probably a way that they should be managing it. But I'm surprised to see even today, some businesses, they don't know and they're not doing things the right way. And it's really, um, safer for my company having people come in and and talk to you and say hey what are you doing here and you say i'm not doing anything should i be doing something well absolutely um th those conversations don't happen often um but when they do i think nobody wants to do things incorrectly they just don't know what they don't know and so we help educate them and make sure that they're you know doing things properly once they know right how how I mean, this must be a bit of a challenge from a financial perspective to even just get into these conversations. Uh, let's talk a little bit more on the on the money side of it. I mean, obviously, there's a lot to to lose if you don't do it right, but there's probably a lot to lose that they think 
maybe is not worth it and they might want to take their chances. Why is that a bad idea? Well, it's a bad idea for many reasons, mainly because you don't want toxic materials improperly handled for the general public. Right. Uh, but, but you're right. It, there is a cost associated with it and it's not inexpensive. And, and it's, it's interesting that you bring up the financial aspect because one of the things that we do in Genium as a company is look for more sustainable treatment technologies and disposal options. And some of the typical treatments are much less expensive. So talking to people today about sustainability and ways to do better for the environment as a whole comes with an even greater cost. So more so than uh, not being compliant with regulation, I think most businesses who know they need to be do and they budget accordingly, but then they don't necessarily plan for greener, more sustainable options. And that's where the conversation comes more into play for us anyway, as it comes to educating and saying, yes, this is less expensive. And here's why you want to consider paying a little bit more for the long the longevity of our environment and, and you know, the future. For sure. For sure. So what does that, what does that look like? What does that process look like? I mean, if, if, if I'm out there listening to this episode and I'm thinking, well, gosh, you know, I, I should probably look at that. Cause I, I was just sort of making do and getting by, but I certainly want to help with the, process of sustainability and i also don't want to get fined so what does that look like do you have to send people to my company do you have to to bring people in or is it something you do remotely what 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 does that process all entail ideally we would go on to a customer's site and look at what they're doing it could be a remote conversation but it it's really advantageous for us to be on site and say okay what is it you're doing here understand the processes, what, what's resulting in something that's hazardous waste. And then, you know, talk about what these guys can do in terms of uh, management in the best for the environment. So for example, uh, what kind of materials are you using? Why are you using them in your processes? Can that be changed? No. Okay. We have to use these particular chemicals because, 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 all right, well now, um, how do these chemicals come out? Are they clean? Are they mixed along the way in the process? And depending on what's happening upstream and downstream, we can talk to them about what their options are. In many instances, we can actually uh, reuse something. So let's say you, you generate a chemical that you say, I can't use this again, right? I've mixed it up with some things and it's no longer relevant to my process. Somebody else might say, I can use that exactly as it is. So instead of wasting it per se, yet we transfer it to someone else who can continue the use before it ultimately then might have to go on for disposal. So it's really a consultative approach with each customer individually about what's happening in their processes and systems and what we can do to help them continue the use or treat it more desirably. Sure. I'd like to to dig in, and we're gonna we're gonna cut back around uh, to some more about this. But I'd like to dig in a little bit on why in the world 
or how in the world did you get into a business doing this? I mean, I, this is a kind of a big deal, right? We're, we talk about business choreography on the show and, and choreographing all the elements. And so there is no doubt to me that, that for those businesses that, that deal with these types of things, this is a huge piece of your choreography. And you just mentioned it, you know, like how, how can we keep repurposing it? How can we keep that sustainability going? But I'd like to know more about how you got into doing this because that's it's such a unique niche and such a unique space. Like it just, I, I would have never thought I did. I mean, of course, now that you're saying that you run a business doing that, I thought, okay, of course there has to be a business doing that. But how did you get into that specifically? So after college, when I decided I wasn't going to be an accountant, <laughs> um, as, as, as I got to understand this space more, I moved into sales. My background is largely sales. And through selling the services that are provided by the business, I learned pretty much everything about the business, right? And right. so it was almost a natural progression into leading the business as a whole. Um, right. with a full understanding of, of how it works. And, and to be honest with you, when I reflect on it, it's, it was never a moment in time where I said, this is my career, right? I'm going to, I'm going to run a hazardous waste business. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know what it was myself right. until it all, you know, resonated with me, but it just kind of uh, became a passion for me, I guess, to where right. I never thought twice about it. And again, here it is 27, 27 wow. years later. And I will tell you, I think you mentioned investments and, and whatnot. This space of hazardous waste management disposal is um, highly sought after by investors because it's recession proof, right? So when a lot of businesses are um, in chaos, I guess, if you will, for for sustaining their businesses, then right. this there's always hazardous waste. Regulation gets more stringent by the day. Everything uh, more and more is becoming regulated and somebody has to clear it out. So even including when a business goes out of business and they used chemicals, they may not be technically considered waste because they're still good chemicals, but the customer goes out of business or the business goes out of business. Now all those chemicals have to be managed. And if there's not a way to give them to somebody else, they become waste. So, um, you know, back in 2008, when things were pretty bad with with um, the mortgage industry and, and the crisis that happened, then we had our best year ever in terms of profitability and um, no shortage of opportunity because customers were shutting down. And I hate to capitalize on other people's problems, but it just it's just a result of. of right. Right. Well, and, and it brings light to the fact that that everybody's everybody has needs on all parts of the food chain, you know, and, and uh, I, I feel like what I love that I'm hearing, like you said, Oh, I hate to capitalize on, on other people's bad stuff, but, but without what you're doing, there would be this massive void and everybody would be freaking out about what to do with it and how to handle it and how it was affecting us because I'm sure without a plan in place, this, this would be bad. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a bad yeah. scenario. So I don't know that I would consider it as capitalizing on, on a bad situation. And, and I think that's a, 
uh, maybe that's a poor mentality from those that don't understand that that every piece of the food chain, every piece of the the cycle has to be taken care of from the creation of it to the disposal of it. And and that's just how it is. So and maybe a better way to, to talk about it, Michael, is to say, I don't hope for anyone to go out of business, even though <laughs> when a company goes out of business, it's a very lucrative opportunity right. for me. Right. I don't hope for anybody to go out of business. Well, of course, of course. And I, I think that's huge. Um, but but so much of that is is in the planning of it as well. And so that kind of brings us back full circle with with how people can get in and and be proactive. And I I think that there's there's a lot of that that maybe we learned back in school. Like just just do the assignment when it's assigned instead of waiting until the night before, because we've all done it. We've waited till the night before, done that essay, and then we get mad when the teacher gives us a C. And they go, well, you know, this wasn't very good. And you're like, it is good. And you, you spent, you know, two hours on it the night before. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in, in a lot of ways, the proactiveness, you know, yes, it's going to cost you some money. And it's going to be part of the choreography of how your business runs properly. But at the same time, it's so necessary to choreograph those pieces in so that you can actually long-term save yourself money and not end up going out of business because you didn't do it right. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm sure we're talking all sizes of business, but give me, give me an idea. Like what's the, what's the primary size company that you guys work with? Uh, is it, is it all the way from startup, small companies all the way to corporations, or do you specialize in one area or the other? From, from a size standpoint, we'll pretty much help anybody. Uh, Mid-sized companies tend to be our sweet spot, but we right. can work with large, huge manufacturing companies. It's uh, somewhat industry-specific depending on the geographic regions that we operate. So, for example, in the state of California, there's a lot of research and development, biotechs and pharmaceutical companies. They have a lot of special waste that we manage uh, compared to maybe up in the Pacific Northwest where it's a lot of aerospace support, so manufacturing. And um, it doesn't really matter what size a company is. They all tend to have similarities in their waste. There's only so many different right. categories, if you will. So right. um, it just comes down to the larger a company is, the greater their waste volumes may be. And right. so, um, you know, the larger they are, the better they are for us because we can, you know, do more in a shorter amount of time. But, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So in the process of trying to determine whether they need you or not, what are some of the key indicators where a company out there listening right now might be, they might be in their beginning stages or they might be corporate, but if they're in those beginning stages, what, what are some of those key indicators that that they should start saying, okay, I, we need we need her help instead of just trying to figure it out on our own or chat GPT in it, like is the common thing these days, <laughs> right? How do they? What what should they be looking out for and saying, okay, yeah, now we need to we need to consult. What? So first and foremost, if they have chemicals that are no longer needed, they're waste, and um, once they classify them waste, they need us or somebody like us. Sure. Uh, something you talked about, though, in terms of startup, we offer uh, consulting services as well, which helps them 
become permitted properly and with get them into compliance, generally speaking, because right. there's more than just the waste disposal tracking and management that's required. There's, there's a lot of other things. So we can help companies with that because typically when a company is a startup, they don't have an expert in this arena on their payroll. You've, you've got one or two people and they're wearing hats across the board. When you talk about right. business choreography, right? They're doing everything. Sure. And so um, waste is, is not even often thought of, let alone um, highly understood by somebody who's in a startup. So right. for sure, calling somebody to help them would be to their advantage. And then it spans the gamut. Typically, uh, there's a lot involved with waste uh, as it pertains to packaging. You can't just take a chemical and put it on a truck the way it is. You have all these requirements surrounding the packaging and then the labeling and the paperwork tracking. So it's one thing to say, hey, you can't put that in the trash, but you also need to do all these other things to be in compliance with the regulation, including ensuring it gets to the final disposal facility and forwarding on your paperwork full circle to the governing agency that requires a variety of things to happen. So it's, it's a, it's complicated, I guess, or complex. You're right. Sure. Sure. Well, and, and with so many things that we talk about in business choreography, I mean, we, we, we love to bring on experts in a lot of different areas. I feel like this is such an important element that, that maybe isn't as glamorous as the marketing, but it, it uh, certainly has its space. And it is important that if you're in that realm, you've, you've got to take care of these things. And, and you've got to make sure that that portion of choreography is set up properly. And like you said, it's, it's not just the getting rid of it. It's all the paperwork and all of the tracking and all of the stuff that makes that system work. And, and in order to do that, they're going to definitely need somebody uh, like yourself and, and what you guys do. So talk to us a little bit more about how, they can learn more, get in contact, and and be in touch with what you guys do, and and uh, and just get that connection with Ingenium specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say start with our website. Uh, we okay. can be found at www.pureingenium.com. That's P-U-R-E-I-N-G-E-N-I-U-M. And that will give uh, an overview of all the services that we provide. And also um, there's a contact page. Um, we've got a podcast page. So pureingenium.com slash podcast uh, will also get you in. You can get to me through that page and, you know, overall just educate yourself on uh, hazardous waste, the treatment technologies, the services that are offered, everything that we talk about. That. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot that needs to be discussed there. And, and for some of our audience, this may not be um, something that they're like, oh, that doesn't have anything to do. But for those that do, I mean, this is this is right down your alley and you know it because you've listened to this and you're going, oh, my gosh, I really need to take care of that. <laughs> so now, you know, now you know how to connect and now you know how to get to uh, to Heather and her team to support you. And I highly recommend that you go and, and you check it out. So before we let you go, of course, you know, we love to talk about business choreography as a whole. Uh, can you leave us with some words of wisdom 
from your journey and from the path that you've been on uh, for all of these business owners and entrepreneurs that are out here? Sure. I think um, for me, it's all about what is your risk tolerance, right? So um, seeing opportunities in front of you and capitalizing on them. But I think uh, most entrepreneurs, I guess, are risk takers by nature. Uh, (laughs) But 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 again, just just um, never accept the status quo. There's there's always things you can do um, to do better and um, learn. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Well, we sure appreciate you coming and and taking the time to share with us your knowledge and your journey and such a unique path, uh, but certainly something that we need to keep our eye on. And uh, we all want to be around for a while. So I think the the work that you're doing is so important. Uh, Heaven forbid it's not done properly. And uh, then we're all in a world of hurt. So I appreciate you coming, sharing that with us and sharing how we can do something about it. Guys, as usual, don't forget, keep working on choreographing your business. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.